Hi, I'm Matt Waller, Dean of the Sam M. Walton College of Business. Welcome to Be Epic, the podcast where we explore excellence, professionalism, innovation, and collegiality, and what those values mean in business, education, and your life today. I have with me today Max Vienna, and he is an alumnus of the Walton College. He got his master's degree in business from the University of Arkansas and the Walton College back in the year 2000. Max has an undergraduate degree from the University of the Ozarks in marketing, computer science, and management. He has many years of experience with uh, Shell, over 20 years. And your current uh, title is? I'm a business development manager for our training company, Shell Training. Well, thank you so much uh, for joining us. You have a long history of the Shell. Yes. So you know the energy business really well in in many different areas. Um, And, uh, but you were born originally in Honduras. That's right. You came to the United States for schooling and then took a job with Shell Mm -hmm. and have been there ever since. That's right. Um, And... I know you travel the world. You've been all. You've worked all over the world. You travel mm-hmm. the world frequently, and you're still involved with the Walton College, which we are grateful for. You know, Max, the Walton College has four values that we uh, emphasize: excellence, professionalism, innovation, and collegiality. And we try to, you know, pick people to interview that have exemplified those. And I know. In our previous talks, I was sitting there thinking about uh, various times in our discussion where you were exemplifying that based on mm-hmm. your, your history. And our tagline is Be Epic, because our vision is, part of our vision is serving as catalysts for transforming lives, and that is helping people to become epic. And um, I think, uh, I don't know what role we played uh, in your life, in that way. We've not really talked about that explicitly. Mm -hmm. But when you look at where you came from and where you are today, it's remarkable. Mm -hmm. Would you mind just giving us a little bit of that background and talking about that? Well, I guess uh, I will say the University of Arkansas actually had a big impact in my life. So looking back, yes, I I come from a very poor country, uh, Honduras, middle of Central America, probably one of the poorest countries in the world. I was lucky though that my parents always focused on education. And so uh, we always had this history, I mean, from my grandfather and my father. Uh, My father was a lawyer, my mother was a teacher, and they were always kind of like, you know, making sure that I I study, that I get good grades. And they supported me on everything, but always, you know, study, get good grades. And that that opened up the opportunity uh, right when I finished high school to actually apply for a scholarship uh, that was uh, for my undergrad uh, with the University of the Ozarks in, in Arkansas. And so I was uh, very blessed to actually get a scholarship, uh, got my undergrad, and then right after my graduation, I came back to Honduras. And uh, that's when I started working for Shell. Um, you know, things, uh, you know, you never know where life is going to take you when you're a student. I think we talked about this before. Um, all you know is that it's important you get an education, 
but you don't know exactly how that education is going to help you in the future. Um, I think for me, you know, uh, having studied in, in, in the U.S. opened up a lot of doors in Honduras, and that's how I started working for Shell in Honduras at the time. Uh, eventually, I uh, wanted to get a master's, and uh, a, a good friend of mine, actually, who had uh, been, he's an alumni as well from University of Arkansas, um, he told me, you know, hey, you know, maybe it's a good time you consider applying for the master's now. And uh, I wasn't really ready to apply, but one thing at that time that he mentioned is, hey, you know, um, recently, I think at, at that point in time, um, the Walton family had donated a uh, uh, significant amount of funds to the School of Business. Yeah, right before you started in our, uh, the year before you started in our MBA program, they had just given the largest gift ever given to a public business school at the time. Exactly. And, and that caught my attention. And he's like, you may want to maybe consider applying. And uh, who knows, maybe you can get help as well with an assistantship. And um, I was very lucky as well. I was in the middle of a lot of work, I remember. Uh, I was traveling a lot with Shell. I, I, from day one, I've been traveling. Uh, at that time, I was doing a lot of work in Central America and the Caribbean. And uh, so I applied. And I got accepted, and I got the assistantship. And so at that point, um, I know it was mixed feelings, uh, leaving my family again. Uh, mixed feelings for my family as well. I was leaving again. Came back to the US, came back to the University of Arkansas, and uh, I got my MBA. And soon as the, after I graduated from my MBA, um, a gentleman that I had met working with Shell uh, in the Caribbean gave me the opportunity to come back. And so I came back to Shell, but in the US. At that time, honestly, I moved to Houston. I didn't know anybody. I, I didn't know where I was going with this. But I do know that getting that MBA completely, uh, I will say, changed uh, my career. Soon after I've joined the Shell here in the U.S., I started doing a lot of uh, international work thanks to my MBA, roles that required that type of education, that kind of background. Probably was here in Houston for about a year, and soon after that I moved to London. I lived in, in England for some time. I moved to Holland. I lived in, in Holland as well. And then, you know, it was a period of time, I think it was like four or five years that I probably worked in over 40, 45 countries, mostly Europe. Latin America, Asia, but I will say that MBA just completely opened up a whole set of opportunities, both from a professional perspective, but also from a personal perspective, because uh, everything that I've seen, people that I met, uh, the experiences that I built, I even met my wife, you know, uh, during this, these travels. That's, that's how I met my wife, who is from Austria, but we met in Dominican Republic, so there's always, you know, you never know where life's going to take you, right? So, yeah. <laughs> you have had quite a global experience, but on top of that, you've also had a lot of different functional types of experience. Would you mind mm -hmm. talking a little bit about just the variety of kinds of work you've done? Yes. Uh, so I always consider myself a generalist, not a specialist, and uh, I kind of enjoy having a broader view of things rather than a very a specific uh, type view. So my experience has gone from, you know, working in finance, working in sales, marketing. I even, for a period of time, I did some kind of like 
IT kind of business consultant. I've done strategy uh, within you know the group. I've done business development. All of the different functions that somehow have to do with a commercial type goal. Uh, I've been involved in that, and of course I've done it across multiple businesses. Uh, so uh, Shell is a very large organization. They have uh, what they call upstream and downstream businesses. Upstream kind of being very close to production, uh, but then downstream is more refined products. So a lot of my career has been in the downstream space. So retail sales, which is what we call basically the gas stations, commercial fuels, uh, more like bulk sales for business customers. Of course, most recently trading. Uh, where we're looking at refined products, but as a, as a commodity in the international market, right? So the last 20 years have given me like a very broad view of different functions, different businesses within downstream businesses globally. Now, right now you're responsible for managing and developing new strategic business opportunities. Mm -hmm. My current role really is when you look at trading, there's always ideas as to, you know, opportunities that you identified, you know, okay, potentially selling or buying. But something that is important, especially in the energy world, because it's not just oil that what we do is energy, uh, is having the right infrastructure. So I'm looking for opportunities where there is a capital investment involved to say, okay, could we do something? Could we build something here? And what is going to be the investment that is required to make that happen. And once we understand that, compare that to the value we think we can generate. And once you understand both the cost and the revenue that you can make, you can kind of make a decision and say, okay, let's go for it. Usually uh, my projects last from one to five years. So it's not something that happens overnight uh, because as you can imagine, we got to work with uh, engineers to understand, you know, what kind of infrastructure changes are required, what kind of investment is required. Uh, we've got to work with a lot of different stakeholders that understand safety, you know, uh, or specific operations. And of course, it takes time to really understand how much money you think you can make. Uh, many times it's not straightforward. But, but in general, I think, you know, like the way I try to say it very simply is my role is to find ways to make money for this organization and anything that requires a capital investment, I get involved. It's, it's a very interesting area, uh, just because you, you get to see things in a napkin first, that then actually become an actual, so you're, you know, building on You're a little bit like an entrepreneur. It is very entrepreneurial, yes. So you have to probably do a lot of boundary spanning as well, looking at what's going on on the edges. That's right. So a lot of these roles is really talking to a lot of people, understanding what their needs are, a lot of reading, trying to understand what's happening in the market, uh, understanding new technologies, um, understanding, you know, um, opportunities that are being created, whether it is uh, because the market conditions created that opportunity or sometimes uh, geopolitical, you know, um, uh, situations can create opportunities. There's there's a whole set of uh, uh, variables that you just pretty much kind of like reading, learning, you know, talking to people. Sometimes you find the opportunity. Sometimes the opportunities find you. Um, but I think the the one thing that is very basic is you never stop learning. Uh, 
because uh, to be honest, every project is completely new. So, and kind of going back to, you know, the theme of this conversation, you know, the, the impact that that MBAs have, um, for me, it, it kind of taught me to learn. Um, and, and I think that's, that's a one very basic skill in this job, right? So, um, if you get used to learn all the time and you're always learning. So, Max, you've done business in many different countries. Mm -hmm. And most people listening to this, if they've done any business internationally, it's been probably in one or two countries. What are some experiences or insights could you give us from that? So um, that area to me is uh, very dear uh, in the sense that I still remember, well, when I first moved to the U.S. as a Honduran kid, right, learning the language, learning the culture, uh, understanding the culture. But then when I started moving abroad, uh, working in Europe or in other countries, that kind of same concept applied, understanding the, the culture, learning the culture. It almost became kind of like deja vu, but every time with a different angle. And then the dynamics with the people, right? Uh, where you go meet with people. Of course, Shell is a very international company, so for the most part, wherever you go, you're gonna speak English. But to me, working in different countries, in every country had something interesting, you know, to learn from. Living in Holland, for instance, that was kind of like the first uh, experiences that I had in Europe. You know, it's, it's a different culture. Most people in, in Holland that I met at that time, and I'm, I'm sure it still is right now, they spoke three languages, at least. And so it was interesting to go there and trying to be polite and asking people, hey, excuse me, do you speak English, right? And the usual reaction from a Dutch person will be almost like insulted. Like, what do you mean, you know? We're in Holland, we speak English, how can I help you? And I was trying to be polite, but actually I was kind of offending them. Uh, it, it was kind of like an interesting learning, right? Uh, the Dutch, you know, they all speak multiple languages, right? Um, also the, the working culture, right? Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's different, right? Uh, sometimes for them, you know, being direct, it's kind of like the best way to do business. In other cultures, that could be perceived as too strong or insulting, depending on like if you're in Asia and other countries, right? So it, I, I know these are very high level, you know, kind of like concepts, but you need to be aware of those things. And I think at the end, the common denominator uh, for me was uh, no matter where you go, try to be respectful of the local culture, right? Then. And if, if you try to show respect and you try to learn, you can get by and do what you got to do and, and move forward to the next country. So some insights for students that want to do global business or alumni, anything that you could share with them that might help them prepare to do that? So I would say definitely try to learn one more language. Uh, English definitely is the international language, so most places will speak it. However, try to speak one more language. I speak Spanish, English, uh, Portuguese, uh, a little bit of German. And once you learn one more language, I think it, it, it does a couple of things. Um, uh, one, I think it kind of changes the way you think. It allows you to almost 
put yourself in somebody else's shoes. Uh, trying to speak that other language, it forces you to, to try to ap approach you know, the communication from the perspective of the other person, right? Because you haven't constantly trying to think, okay, especially when you're learning the language. Uh, when you speak your language, it comes from you. It comes naturally. But when you speak another language, now you have to really think about how to make sure that what you're saying is really understood by that other person, right? And so I think it, it kind of forces you to think differently, right? So you're more careful, you're more thoughtful of the, the words you're trying to use to communicate. So I think that, that, that was one learning for me. And then, of course, you know, uh, speaking that other language, it also um, helps you when, whenever you're dealing with, with that other culture, right? Even if you don't speak it perfectly, but the fact that you're trying to speak the language, it kind of like breaks the ice a little bit easier, right? And then uh, I will say, you know, don't think about it too much. But sometimes it's a little bit tense to think that you're leaving everything that you know. You're getting into a whole nother world that you don't know about. But uh, I think it's almost like jumping into the pool, right? Just jump into it. Don't think about it too much. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Be Epic podcast from the Walton College. You can find us on Google, SoundCloud, iTunes, or look for us wherever you find your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and rate us. You can find current and past episodes by searching Be Epic Podcast, one word, that's B-E-E-P-I-C podcast, and now Be Epic. Be Epic.